I love Mr. Shark So I hope everybody's doing well. Oh, some technical difficulties to start off the day. Love it. But we're back up and running. And want to know your thoughts. Want to hear your ideas. We're talking the state of the game 2019-2020 style. I can't believe the PGA Tour season has just begun. This is something that I would say it snuck up on me for sure. I don't know about everybody else, but uh, this is the new the new world we live in. The PGA Tour season has begun. Congrats to Joaquin Neiman, 20-year-old kid, wins his first PGA Tour event. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. We're going to talk about the state of the game in general, LPGA, PGA Tour, moving forward, and what, uh, what we can expect in the 2020 season, 2019-2020 season, if we say it correctly now, who's going to come out on top, who's going to shine, what maybe dark horses out there do you think are going to rise up to the top, I have uh, some thoughts of my own, and uh, we'll, we'll see what the future holds for us, but to get started, I just want to talk about the LPGA Tour. And we just had the Solheim Cup. What, what's what's shocking to me is uh, Hank Haney's statements that uh, he he said something on Twitter to the effect of uh, he he looked at the uh, the the U.S. Women's Open lineup and he couldn't recognize 15 names, something like that. And that was uh, that was a little disturbing in my opinion. And I can name definitely 15 plus names on the LPGA Tour. I'll tell you what I had trouble doing was uh, recognizing 15 names on the PGA Tour leaderboard this past week um, at the at the at the first really event of the year. So uh, that was challenging. But I did watch some of the LPGA Solheim Cup specifically on Sunday morning. Turn on the TV, and it was, and I was happy to see such a close match. And that's something I always look forward to. I. I want a good match. If I'm watching a football game and two bad teams are playing, that's fine. As long as it's a good game, I can root for somebody. I can pull for an underdog. I can get behind somebody. What's up, Golficity? Hope you guys are doing well. Good to see you in the house. Everybody's tuning in. So, uh, hope everybody is uh, having an awesome day. I love the Golficity channel, by the way. If you guys haven't checked them out, they uh, they do some awesome stuff. Great podcasts. Always happy to give a shout out, Mike, and you guys. Great stuff, and uh, love what you're doing over there. You got some fun videos too, so I really, I really dig it. And so, be sure to check them out. Yeah, and I got um, a lot of great feedback from my top five golf YouTube channels. Golficity was one of them. Rick Shields was there. I had uh, um, my 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 friends over with uh, Golf Holics, Eric Anders Lang, and um, uh, 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 Golf Sidekick. Love those guys. And there's a lot of cool golf channels out there that are are really awesome that I don't see all the time. And you guys have turned me on to a bunch of people that are, are doing some great work. I did get a little pushback because none of the channels I mentioned were of women. Now, there's not a lot of women doing golf, let's say, related content. And 96% of my viewers are men. So it's just that's kind of the world it is, just based on this, the stats. But there are some good women um, content creators out there. I like what uh, More Pars Golf is doing. She's doing a great job with her channel. And uh, um, what is it? Golf with Amy. She's a Korean woman. She, so she does kind of a double uh, video, one in Korean, one in American. And so she's doing a great job too. And then, of course, Paige, she just isn't so consistent with her content, but she has some good content out there too. So um, I don't want to knock any of the women doing great content out there. They, anytime a creator creates content, I love it because you know it's hard to put yourself out there. It's hard to put your tips or your advice out there online for everybody to criticize and you know come after you. But it's something that I think more people should do because I think there's a lot of ways we can improve the game and help the game grow because not one, it's not one size fits all. Everybody is a little bit different. We need different types of instruction. I get criticized a lot by the types of tips and drills that that I recommend because they're a little unorthodox. My whole 
kind of methodology to what I do is based on drills and doing drills because I think a drill will get you better faster than technical information. Even when I teach juniors, I'm running, uh, I do junior uh, after school camps and programs and teach a lot of kids. And the technical stuff that I teach comes inside of a drill. So they'll be doing a drill and I'll just walk over and give them a little tweak here and there and make tiny adjustments so that the technical is just a tiny piece of the instruction and you're constantly hitting, 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 hitting. When my kids first started, I, I put them in somebody else's class and the instructor talked for like 30 minutes. They hit balls for five minutes and they put them in like a line. So there's like five people per line. There might've been 20 kids. So you listen to the instructor for 30 minutes, then you stand in line for 10 minutes per shot or whatever it is, and you hit very few balls. I just couldn't stand that. It was just boring. I had to run away, so I did. And this is how I said, no, we're going to do it differently. Let's create it fun. Hit shot after shot after shot after shot and keep it rolling because that's, I think, is something that we can all learn on. So that's kind of what the whole premise of what I do is based on and how I come up with drills, how I come up with practice and the things that uh, I'm doing. There's tiny little stuff I will do here and there to address, let's say, the technical piece. But then we incorporated in typically a short game drill because you will learn faster practicing technique doing it in the short game. If you're going to change your grip, do it with your chipping first. It's a lot easier. You have a lot more success than changing your grip and then hitting a driver and you slice it 65 yards uh, and you just say, forget it, it's not working. So it will work, but you got to do it the right way to make it work. And then you can have great success. But the Solheim Cup with the LPGA, what a huge success for women's golf. I think that was a win for the ages because of the fact that, you know, how well is women's golf doing out there? Overall, it's not as popular as the, the men's tours. So when they put together a showcase event like the Solheim Cup and they're going against Europe and and to have that type of like close match as it was, that is so awesome for the game. You can't script it. It just happens. I felt really bad for, for Lexi. I felt like she was, you could see it in the poor girl's eyes, man. She was struggling a little bit, the nerves, but I get it. You know, I've been in competition a lot and those nerves get you and you do things that you would never do in a million years. Things happen to you that have never happened to you before. And so you, it's just the most crazy thing when you're under that type of pressure, that type of stress. And then you look in someone's eyes and they've got that, like, you're like, hello, is anybody home? And you're trying to connect and get into it, but man, it doesn't always work. It's a challenge. And when she was, you know, in the battle, like you could just see she missed a little putt here, a little thing there, this and that. And you could just sense the tide was turning toward, uh, toward Europe. So, you know, hats off to them. They're a great team. It was a great match. And no, it's no like one person's fault or anything. It's just, it was a battle. You go to war and you, you leave it all out there. And then at the end of the day, you shake hands, you great job. Awesome, awesome work. So I really loved it. And I think it was great for the game, the state of women's golf. And the next, uh, the next Solheim cup will be in 2021 over in Ohio at uh, Inverness. So that should be pretty, pretty exciting. I don't know. I've never been out there. Maybe I'll, I'll trek it out there and see it because it's an it's an exciting uh, event. And what's cool about that is there are a lot less spectators there than let's say for the uh, the Ryder Cup or the Presidents Cup matches. So you can get a lot closer to them. So I highly suggest if you have an opportunity to go check out the LPGA Tour if it's near you in any any you know capacity, then go check it out because you're so much closer to the spec to the golf than you would be on the PGA Tour. You get a better, a lot more access. So. It's uh, it's a pretty cool thing to be a part of, and you wouldn't necessarily think that. Just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm I like golfing to go watch women's golf, but it's it, you get a lot closer than you do, let's say, on the PGA Tour events. So, I think the state of women's golf is it, it is in a good shape, especially if as long as you know they're doing some good things. I wish they would tweak the the season a little bit for them in the sense of what days they air 
the uh, the events on, I would kind of shift it so they had a different start day, different finish day to really uh, get the most out of what they're doing. So that's one thing I would like to see. Now with the PGA Tour, I mean, have you seen the schedule? I mean, let me just read off the schedule of the PGA Tour. Here we go. We, we just had the, the Greenbrier. Uh, this coming week, we have the Sanderson Farms in Mississippi. Then we go straight away to the Safeway Open here in, in Napa, California. Then, boom, we're in Vegas at the Shriners. Then the next week, the Houston Open. is It's here in October, sadly. Then, you know, then you go to Korea. Then the next week you're in Japan. Then you go to Bermuda. Then you go to China. And these are back to back to back. Then you go to Mexico. Then you come out to Sea Island, Georgia. Then you got the Hero World Challenge. Then you have the President's Cup. Then you've got another one in Florida. Then you got three weeks off. And then you start the Century Champions in Kapalua, kind of the beginning of that PGA Tour traditional season so i mean it's just non-stop over and over and over where is the off season for the pga tour i know rory mcelroy said some had some thoughts about that jack nicholas doesn't necessarily like the new schedule there's been a lot of criticism for me i'm whoa this is a little overload here is what it is like for me when i think about this just all these weeks now i love golf i love watching golf i love playing golf I'd rather go practice golf than watch golf unless it's like the Masters or something. But I typically like to go play and practice. and But I do like to watch as well. But over and over and over, what we're doing is we're diluting the season. We're diluting the game. We're, we're, we're watering down what would be a legitimate PGA Tour win. No offense. I mean, Joaquin Neiman, great player. Great player. 20-year-old kid. But in a regulation season, I don't think he would have won yet. I think if it was a strong field with all the players there, he wouldn't. He probably wouldn't have won. It would have been a much bigger deal if he if he won if we had a real off season. But what this does, adding all these events, and I get it, it's a money thing. There's money out there to be had. People want it, so they're gonna go for. They're gonna go get it. The tour, the commercials, the endorse everything says do this and i get it so the number one sport in the u.s is football but we have a very limited season we have a huge off season and yet the dollars are coming in i mean hand over fist for the nfl so if why wouldn't they adapt the same type of schedule if the money's so strong because it's going to water down the product. It's not going to be as good. And that's exactly what's going to happen here on the PGA Tour, sadly. Here, here's what it's like. When you play American football, when you have some expansion team, some new teams enter the NFL, and this has happened over the years, you get an expansion draft. It's just like a supplemental draft. And the new teams get to pick some players off of current teams. Each team can select a certain amount of players that they are like these players are off limits and then the new teams they could just pick they go down they like okay i want this player then i want this and if you pick from one team then there are certain rules you have to can't pick from the same team again and so on and so forth there's a different things you can do but for the most part they get to steal your players but what happens is what if you had like 10 new teams come in the nfl i mean that would be a lot right so all these other teams would lose a lot of good players Again, all the teams would be a little less good than they currently are. And so that's exactly what's happening with the PGA Tour. Remember, you only have so many tour cards that you give away every year. So if you don't qualify, you lose your status. Well, when you have so many events, then the players who get, who get into the tournaments, then these players are typically on, let's say, the Corn Ferry Tour or some of the other mini tours or Monday qualifiers. So more of those players get into the events because not so many PGA card-carrying members are going to be playing in the event. So then you, you, what you're doing is you're just bringing in, let's say, the minor leaguer players, the, the players who haven't earned their tour, tour card. 
or who don't have full status on the PGA Tour. So you start giving more of those players access onto the tour. Well, what's going to happen is these players are great players. I hate saying minor leagues because they're really solid players. But what's going to happen is you're giving them an opportunity to shine. And they're going to take it and they're going to win. So you can have a lot of these types of players winning, winning, winning. And then a lot of your main name brand guys out there, they're going to come into the season and take more time off. And they're going to kind of cherry pick their events. But more pressure is going to be on them to perform. So a guy, let's say like, Jordan Speed. Now he has some majors under his belt and some exemptions to work with, so he doesn't have to worry about it so much. But you get like a a Ricky Fowler or somebody that doesn't have as many as exemptions. Players like that, more pressure is going to be on them to perform. And if they don't, you're going to see them bumping down to that Corn Ferry Tour and the and the minor tours because they're just not going to be able to keep that status because more players are going to win, especially. These earlier events, those are going to be the guys that are kind of cleaning up early. Right now is a great time if you're a minor leaguer to get in there and and go out and try to get your win or get some FedEx Cup points, get some money so that you can earn your tour card. It's going to be harder because there's more players trying to get their tour cards until you kind of get to the more marquee events, the Riviera, the Torrey Pines, moving more in your traditional PGA Tour schedule. Beyond that, it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough out there, and it's going to water down. It's going to dilute the the field. It's going to dilute the stats, and less players are going to be at let's say these more marquee events because they're going to alter their schedule so that they can perform. So you don't know. It's kind of like going to see LeBron James playing a basketball game, and you save up your money for your two hundred whatever however much it costs ticket. And you show up, and then he takes the night off. He's not there. And you're like, oh, my goodness, what happened? So that's what PGA Tour events are going to be like. You're going you're gonna to hope your player's going to come. But in reality, you just don't know. You're going to show up, and you're like, oh, I guess they took, took the week off. Now, what, what I liked back in the day, a long time ago, were kind of the fun events that we had throughout, uh, throughout this offseason. We had the Skins game. What happened to that? Like, how fun was that seeing Lee Trevino and even Tiger used to play and Greg Norman, all these guys playing for money. Now, maybe it kind of had bad optics because you're playing for so much money. But let's face it, the Tiger-Phil match, that was for $10 million. So I think we can get past one hole being worth two hundred fifty grand, right? I think we can deal with that. It's fine. It's no big deal. There's a lot of money out there in professional sports. I don't care if you're playing for $10 million a hole. That's exciting. I will tune in and watch that. I want to see Tiger-Phil. I want that to be shaped and reconfigured to have more of like it was in Vegas. It was kind of built up to be kind of a, a like a boxing promotion type of event. So with that, yeah, have some undercards, have some women playing, have some other people playing. So you have cutaways, too. So you're not just staring at Tiger and Phil walk down the fairway, which they should have been in carts, by the way. But they weren't. Don't know why. But you need something added to that. You need a lot added to that, actually. But that's and those types of events, skin game, one-on-one matches, get some influencers in there, like golf creators in there as well. Make it fun, make it exciting, make all these different off-season events that can really engage a lot different types of viewers because there's a lot of people out there doing some great stuff. And that's what we want to see is that's what I want to see is more of that fun stuff in the off-season. And that's what I think a, a lot of these golf creators are doing out there. They're creating a lot of fun stuff that you can get behind. It's kind of golf. It's kind of not. It's it's stuff that's it's engaging. It's fun. It's fun to watch. It's fun to see. And I think if we incorporated that more into that PGA Tour caliber level, I think it would be uh, it would be something that we can all get behind and really, really, truly enjoy during what is the off season, but now they filled it with tour events. So I don't know what they're going to do. Now you got all these events. Um, maybe make those. I, again, I mean, I, I don't know if they're going to change anything now, but hopefully they can look at that and say, okay, this isn't working. We're going to have to, we're going to have to tweak it a bit. Make one of these, a, a hickory event where they're all playing hickory shafts. I mean, do stuff in these events to make them a lot different. I want it to look different so that, 
it's it just feels like a different piece of the season because I I just I just don't want the watered downness of the tour. I like what it was. I like having an off season so there's a build up to it. So you're waiting, you're waiting, waiting. Pretty soon January's gonna roll roll around. You're gonna be like, uh, I just watching golf for the last three months. No big deal. I don't need to watch this one. I'm going out. I'm gonna go do something. And so that's that's what's gonna happen. They're gonna lose. They're gonna take away from each one. Ratings are gonna get less per week, in my opinion. And hopefully they'll look at it and they'll say, okay, we need to uh, we need to tweak it up a little bit. So in this new season, who do we have? Who do we have that's going to shine? Who's going to rise to the top? 2020. 2020. Sounds weird. It's September. We're saying 2020. Who is going to rise this next year? What do you think? What do you think? Is it Rory won the FedEx Cup? Is he going to shine? He's looking solid as can be. But again, you have guys over the years finished the season solid, did some awesome, you know, Jordan Spieth not too long ago, won the, the Open Championship. And then just he kind of disappeared. So is that going to happen to Rory? Xander was there at the right behind Rory. So is he going to rise up? Is he going to be the breakout major winner of the uh, 2020? What about Brooks Kepka? I mean, this guy's an animal. If he wants to win, he he just kind of goes and takes it. I like seeing him. He's like a big bully out there. He's like, give me the trophy. I'm leaving. And it's cool to watch because they're playing golf for it, which is which is exciting. So I, you know, I love seeing that, and I love uh, I love hearing you guys' thoughts of what uh, what you what you think. You know, is John Rom is John Rom gonna gonna come? Storming out of the gates and win a major championship. That's 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 a good guess. My, you know, who are you know the top guys were Rory, Xander, Brooks, JT, Tony Finau is somebody I think could have a really breakout year. He's been kind of knocking at the door for a while. The young upcomers, I mean, watch out for Matt Wolf. This kid's just uh he he's got that charisma, that uh vibrato, that that just says, hey, I'm, I'm out here. I'm going to go. I'm going for it. And I like to see that. He kind of reminds me of a, a Lee Trevino who can uh, just crush it a long way. So uh, watch out for Matt Wolf, 2020. I think he's going to do some pretty pretty exciting things. And I would I would bet he's going to get a couple more wins under his belt this year, 2020, and do some, you know, I don't know if he's going to win a major, but he's going to have a, a, a heck of a year in my opinion. Now, what about Ricky Fowler? This is this this one just breaks my heart. I mean, I'm a Ricky fan. I love this guy. I love seeing Ricky out there. He won this past season, last season, 2019, out in the desert. So I love seeing Ricky doing his thing. I love his Thursday Friday game. It's awesome, you know. Sadly, if Ricky's in the lead after Friday, I, I tell people, man, you're gonna have a rough weekend. Because it's, it's just one of those things. I don't know what's going on. Is it in his head? He needs, you know, even when he won the players a, a while back, like he, he wasn't he wasn't really in it until Sunday. And he just came and just, I mean, had a ridiculous last few holes. So what, what you know, we always say, oh, you got to put it all together. You got to get it all together. You, you, don't, you don't actually have to have all the pieces together to make it work. Look at Tiger. Tiger won the Masters. He didn't have it all together, but Tiger knows how to kind of struggle around and not have it and win. And I think that's what Ricky needs to learn is like, okay, how do I win when I don't have it? What do I do? How do I dive in there and and steal a victory when I don't have it? And that just something in your brain is needs to click. And I, I he's been talking to Jack Nicholas and they've been doing Jack, it seems like Jack has been trying to help him, give him some tips, some advice. But so I'm rooting. I root for Ricky all the time. I'm just concerned. I'm concerned that he's going to be one of these guys. Is kind of like Phil. Man, it took Phil forever to win a major. So is Ricky going to be one of those one of those same guys? And man, I sure, I sure hope not because I really want him to be. I want him to to win multiple majors. I want him to start doing it right away because, so, you know, he's just a cool dude, and it's fun to see a guy like that out there. So 
I, I you know, I that's what I want to see. I want to see Ricky do it. Now, what about Tiger? What's Tiger? Uh, what are his plans this year? When do you think we're going to see Tiger play golf? This was always kind of the mystery. It's like that fine. Where's Waldo? Right? When is Tiger going to play? When is he going to play? You know, is he playing this week? Is it Sanderson Farms? No. Is he going to come out to Napa? He might come out and play in the Safeway Open. Is is that going to happen? Will he be in Vegas? Houston? No, no, no. He's working on the President's Cup. So he's getting, uh, he'll be there. But we know he'll be at the Hero World Challenge in December. It's his tournament. And then the, the following week, it's the President's Cup. So we might not see Tiger for quite a while. How sad is that? I want to see Tiger every week, but obviously we can't have that. But will he, is he going to have a year? It looked like after he won the Masters, he kind of just uh, fell away. And sadly, sadly, we uh, we didn't get to see him very much, really compete too much after that. He was just, uh, he wasn't doing so hot. He was taking a, taking his time. Yeah, and uh, he does cherry pick more and more. But of course, he's older. He's had some health issues. So, of course, he's going to cherry pick more and more. I, I mean, I would too. So, that's just something we're going to have to get used to. And that's why I want this PGA Tour season to really take a look. I want the tour to look at its season, what they're doing. And I want them to say, okay, we can't do what we're doing. We got to get – I mean, you could get Tiger in other matches if you don't schedule your events like this. Because who's going to, you know, when when can Tiger play Phil unless they compete with an event? Or they're going to compete against Monday Night Football or Tuesday? Like, when are they going to do it? How, how is it going to work? The schedule, the tour schedule is taken up every week. So I, the, the, these are things that, so we could see Tiger. We could see him if you gave us an opportunity for, for that for that kind of stuff. One guy said, I thought he left the game. Yeah, he, he kind of has, hasn't he? So what about, what about, you know, I, I've posted some uh, videos lately and just to kind of update people of what's, what's going on with the channel and how kind of we're, we're looking at things. Uh, I, I did a video, it came out yesterday and it was, it was uh, pitching the ball, pitching the ball with your sky track, indoor, outdoor, right? So this is something I think that I got I got some some hate on that for the technique I was using, which is fine. <laughs> it wasn't a technical video. It was a how to use sky track indoor and outdoor and more of a let's say, a, a, a review on how it works inside and outside. But typically, I, what I want to try to really make sure that we're doing is giving one good instructional video at least every week so that you can have uh, something to work on during the week. I know a lot of people have given me some feedback saying, hey, love your videos, but if you're giving us something to work on every single day, that's, uh, that's a little challenging because – People don't have that kind of time. So what we want to do is we want to give uh, a video at least once a week of good instruction, drill, or something to really to focus on that week because I, th I do believe that will help you improve the fastest. So be sure to always subscribe. Just subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell. So we always start off the week strong with the video instruction to work on for the week. We want to do this podcast every week would be uh, ideal. Whether live, it might not always be live. Sometimes we'll just um, record it and post it on the channel. But we're going to have a podcast for you. So you can drive and listen. You can listen, listen. You can do whatever you want. But we want to have a, a something for you in this regard. And if I can do some type of uh, fun or review video each week, I want to have that for you as well. So you can uh, just have a little more entertainment value or a review of a product maybe that could help you or something to stay away from. So be sure to check that out. I did a review of a, a bunch of uh, uh, laser range finders that, uh, that Nikon makes. So that will be out. Special thanks to Nikon. They make, in my opinion, they make the best range finder on the market. It's like a $450 deal, but it's uh, the stabilized 
uh, rangefinder, best one I've ever used. It's the one I carry on my golf bag. And they do make some other models that are a lot less expensive. So we put them all to the test. That will be out uh, tomorrow or Friday, and depending on how things go in the edit room. But that's the plan there. And then I've got some other fun stuff coming up. We're going to do a match against uh, – I'm going to do a match against the golf Golfholics Mike from Golfholics. We were, we're, we're kicking that around, trying to plan that. So – Stay tuned because we're gonna we're gonna always try to do some fun stuff and really keep uh, things working, moving forward, and 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 you know keep things interesting. So let me know if there's specific content you're looking for. Make your comments below. Say hey, just just give me the tips, give me the drills, give me instruction. A lot of uh, people have been asking me about wedge stuff. We got some exciting things happening in the wedge world coming up so stay tuned titleist will be uh doing some awesome stuff and a lot of a lot of cool tips i'm a big fan of wedges and how to make your wedges work for you on the golf course people are asking me how to hit them low what's a uh, good technique and so there's ways to to do that and i'll be doing a video on hitting your wedges low coming up so be sure to check that out soon also special thanks to my my people over there at athlon's shoes I wear Athlon shoes primarily all the time. They make a great golf shoe. They are not sponsoring this podcast. They they send me shoes, and they're just good people, and they make a great shoe. A little expensive. It's nearly $200, something like that. Use promo code Mr. Short Game, You get a discount. So they just had their new Athlon's shoe come out, new color. It's like a black matte. almost looks bluish, but it's like this black matte, matte color. Awesome, beautiful shoe. No wonder the long drive contest winners are wearing Athlons. They give you the most stability of any other shoe on the market. So just check them out. Go to their website, Athlons, A-T-H-A-L-O-N-Z.com. Check out their shoes. Enter Mr. Short Game code if you plan on purchasing some of those shoes. It's typically Mr. Short Game for any of the links in the description below. Always check that out. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll you know, I try to help you out with good stuff. Uh, Question coming in, uh, chipping technique with hands way in front of the ball for low chip shots. So that, Luke, uh, three, that's a great, great question. Uh, I do not typically like to put my hands forward in my chip shots. There's just too much. And so, I mean, uh, it's it's double-edged sword here, okay? Because there are, there are times where you do want your hands way forward. For the average player, the average player it's going to be better off hands more center because you're just going to find the bottom of your swing arc a lot easier. You're not going to come in so steep on the ball. And when you put your hands way forward, what I found is that pros, when you say put your hands forward, they do it an inch or two inches. Amateurs, when you say it, they do it like a foot or two feet. It's ridiculous. I mean, the, the, the average player will shove their hands so far forward. You're like, whoa, would you, how do you even come up with that? It doesn't make any sense because you never even see that on TV. You see slight hands forward unless it's some ridiculous uh, impromptu shot that you have to try to pull off. So for chipping, I prefer it. We want to be consistent. I know that most average players don't practice very much. So the instruction has to be geared toward that. I know you're not going to practice hours and hours and hours. Most people don't, okay? We're talking about the average person has a limited amount of time. You want to go play golf, not practice for four hours. Now, personally, I, I like to go practice for four hours. But, you know, I'm also a scratch player. So I do things a little bit differently. And if you want to be a scratch player, you're going to have to put in that work and that time. So I try to gear what I do for the person that's a little more on the average what the average, what the most people do. Most people don't practice very much. So then you go and you chip on the course and all of a sudden you shove your hands way forward and you're coming in that ball so dang steep, you run into massive problems. So that's a long explanation to why I don't really like your hands forward. I like to keep everything center because if you keep everything center, then you could keep that for every, uh, nearly every shot in your bag and you're gonna be a lot more consistent more often. So that's why, that's why. I recommend that. Oh, okay, hitting it solid golf. Um, drills on how to release the golf cl club properly in the follow-through, ensuring it comes under 
the lead shoulder and not too steep. Okay, great. So a lot of times when I'm teaching, what I try to do is try to I try to keep my hands as low as possible on the follow through. When I start coming up, you typically you're coming up out of the ball. So I like to keep that club like nearly down by my left pocket as a drill. And you know you could use something like the um, the plane mate that that will help. And I've done a review on that, so it's always in the description below. But the plane mate by Tor Striker, that something like that. But if you just look at the videos of the plane mate and see what's happening through impact, you'll see that it's a uh, rotation and and how that club is following through and just try to imitate that. But mostly keep an eye on, in my opinion, keep an eye on where the hands are and and, and always try to mimic that. The things I always looked at were, where are your hands? Where are your feet? What are your feet doing? What are your hands doing? And if you could copy those two things, you're going to be in a pretty good space with your golf game. Look at the feet first, then look at the hands. And really try to copy great players when it comes to that. Now, with the playmate, again, the playmate, well, it kind of keeps you from releasing in, in you look at the videos, you're like, wait, you're kind of holding off that face and just rotating. Be careful with that. I'm not against a release of that club face through impact. It's a little more handsy, but it's going to take some pressure off your back too. So if you just hold and turn, you can have a lot of torque on your lower back and it could, it, you know, could create some aggravation. So I think there's nothing wrong with that release through through impact. You look at Tiger's early swing, that's what he did. He released that club. And you go look at his book, How I Play Golf, and you can see him releasing that club face through impact. So so that's what I that's what I would say. Um is that. But you there's there's certainly a lot of drills you can work on to get get through and work on your release at impact. Uh but I would I would look at really hands and feet, and that should help you out. So as we move forward into this new season, this new season is just crazy in golf. As we already discussed, I want to know uh, how, how are we even going to deal with so much because it's just it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. That's what this whole, that's what this whole world is about. Um, Let's see, Paul is asking, struggling with uh, 10 to 30-yard chip shots. Okay, first 10 to 15 shots are good, then shanks start. Yeah, okay, it happens a lot. Uh, if I try to dial it down, uh, help. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, I I, I see this all the time. I, even when I'm giving people lessons, it's like, okay, you're doing great, and then all of a sudden they start shaking the ball. And I'm like, oh, what, are you, what are you doing? A lot of times you can just you, you can start coming out of the ball. You start lifting up. You get confident. You start coming up out of it. I always say go down and through. Now, I don't like to say hit down on the ball because that really gets people into uh, not a good space, okay, if you're hitting down on something because you, you start swinging like a hammer straight up and straight down, which is not true. But if you just think down and through to your left and just stay down, look at the the pros, their swings. Look at what they do through impact, okay? Here's what I want you to do. Get Get one of your, your pro swings of an iron. Get, go look at Tiger's swing, okay? Down the line look or face on. And draw a line at the top of his head. Right on top of his head. Put a line there. And then as he comes down into the ball, these pros will get close or will get below the line from when they were at the top of their backswing to impact. They come down, okay? Amateurs go up. So what happens when you go up, you come out of your spine angle, you're going to hit all kinds of shots, shanks, whatever. So you want to practice getting lower as you hit. Now, when you do that, you're going to start fatting it, but then you got to rotate. So you start rotating more, then that is going to kind of cure that, and you're going to start holding your angles a little better. But don't be afraid of when you get closer to the ball throughout, uh, as you come down on your downswing, you're getting a little bit lower closer to that ball, and then start rotating, rotating, rotating to your left side, if you're right-handed, then you will start, uh, You will your body and your brain will start figuring out it needs to do something so it doesn't hit a fat. But what happens is we don't want to hit a fat, so we come up. And then that creates a whole world of mess. So we don't 
we don't want to do that. But getting lower is just something that, that, that we need to be able to do. And if we can do that, then uh, you're going to, uh, you're going to have a, a great, a great time out there on the golf course. It's just hard to do. Golf is hard. So you got to get out there and put in the work that you want. So I always ask people when I meet them and they say, I want to do this. I want to break 100. I want to break 90. I want to break 80. Well, whatever. I'm like, okay, how committed are you? Here's what it's going to take. Can you do that? They're like, uh, no, can't. Okay, great. Then let's come up with something else that you want to do because you're not going to break 80. Not with that level of effort. So uh, that's what we want to we want to be able to do. Like, how much are you committed to what's going on? And I think that once you get a realistic perspective, you can actually get really good if you just do certain things. Most people, here's what I say a lot of times. I want to get good. And they say, okay, how much practice time do you do? You do? Oh, not much. Okay. Uh, I don't have much time. I just like to go out and play. I'm like, okay, I can help you get better. Here's what you're going to do. And I say, well, next time you go play, I don't want you to hit a green. I want you to aim every shot to miss the green. And they're like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I, I can't do that. I, I can't do that. Why not? Well, I keep track of how many greens I hit in regulation. Like, how many greens do you hit in regulation? Like, like eight. Okay, so you hit less than half. Okay, so what's the big deal? You're gonna miss. You're gonna miss eleven or what? Are, you're gonna miss ten anyways. So why not miss all of them? What's the big deal? I say, look, when you miss greens on purpose, what if you hit? You, what if I'm trying to hit a green and I hit a fat and I missed? And now I'm mad, but I say miss it on purpose. So now I take a little bit less club. And I'm going to come up short and I'm going to put it in a bunker. I'm going to put it here. I'm going to put it there. I'm going to put and I'm going to purposely try to miss these greens because I'm going to work on my short game. Well, guess what? Now you're on court. You get to play golf and you get to improve all at the same time. You're maximizing your ability to get better at the game, but you have to do things that you don't want to do. You have to do things that are going to get you better and it's it instead of practice, instead of go practice for two hours at the chipping green, which is great, but most people do that incorrectly anyways. So go on course and do it there because then you're under a little more pressure. You got people watching you. You're like, okay, don't tell them what you're doing. You just do it. So when you hit a bunker from 150 yards and you hit that tiny little bunker with your eight iron, seven iron, whatever you hit, you hit it in there. You're like, you can say, wow, that's pretty good. I Man, if there was a flag stick in the bunker, I'd have a short birdie putt. And that's how you deal with it. And now you're like, great, I'm getting my money's worth. I get to practice. Go ahead and short side yourself. Vic says, uh, tips on short-sided chip shots. This is a weakness of my game. Seemed, seemed to leave them short. Yeah. When you short side yourself, everything uh, gets magnified. Everything gets more difficult. Everything becomes uh, worse. Okay? I, I tell people, don't short don't short side yourself, whatever you do, unless you do it on purpose. So when you're missing every green, do it on purpose. So Vic, I would say next time you go play, short side yourself every single hole, 18, and you get 18 tries. The more you do it, look, if you short side yourself three times in a round on accident, then you get three, three chances to practice that. Now, when you go practice, if you practice, Vic, you probably don't practice the short side chips enough. You practice the other ones because that's where you want to miss if you do miss. So, Vic, next time you go play, miss every green and try to short side yourself. That's your challenge, Vic. And report back to me and tell me what happened. Because eventually, after about five times of flubbing it or coming up short, you will figure it out. You'll get better and you'll get more confident. Just think about it. The more time you do something, the more confidence you have. And then just say, okay, your mindset on the short side Go a little long. Anytime I'm short side myself, I, I tell myself, okay, you mentally, you got to prepare. You got to say, okay, I'm going to have a long par putt. Just say it. I'm going to have a long par putt because you don't want a long bogey putt. And if you come up short after that short-sided miss, it's going to be in a bunker. It's going to be another chip. It's going to be something even worse. And then you're going to do it again. Take your medicine, double bogey. So... Just tell yourself, I have, I'm going to have a long par putt. Don't say I'm going to make bogey. Don't ever say that. Just say I'm going to have a long par putt. I'm going to make a long par putt. Because now you're building confidence. You're, 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 you're breathing life into yourself, not death. Death is, oh, I'm going to make a bogey. Dang it. Don't do that. Don't ever do that on the golf course, okay? I don't care what happens. Just say I have a long par putt. Then 
or will have a long par, but but that's how you do it. You go out and you play and you give yourself those those short ones. And that's how you grow your game. That's how you build your game. So as we move forward, okay, well, here we have the off season. It's coming up. Fall's coming. Winter's coming. Many people around the country are going to be uh, figuring out how do, what do I do when it's cold? And you're going to go about, do whatever you do. I don't know. Maybe you play hockey. I don't know. How do you golf? How do you golf? How do you practice? That's why I did the video on Monday because there's the SkyTrack that you can utilize. It's not cheap. It's like $2,500 plus a yearly subscription for the upgrades, hundred bucks. You could go hundred dollars or $200 a year. That's not that bad, but you can't play. So I would say I would recommend think about something like that. A lot of you are close to indoor ranges. Don't be afraid to practice your short little chip shots. Practice on your carpet. If you have a place at home, in your garage, put up a little net, do something to keep it going a little bit, a little bit every week when you're not able to play, but maybe at least put in the same amount of time per week as you would if you were playing one round a week. So let's say four hours. So an hour every every day, every other day, 30 minutes a day, really put in something so that when spring comes, but start that now. I always tell people, New Year's resolutions, you start them at Thanksgiving because the ones you fail at, well, then they're not your New Year's resolutions. You only keep the ones you're successful at. Same in golf. Start your spring practice now. Whatever you want to do in the spring, start it now. I want to be longer off the tee. Start building up your strength, your swing speed. Do swing speed drills. I want to be a better short game. Start chipping now. Just take a mat, chip into a little bucket in your backyard. Do that. Whatever it is you want to grow on, I want to be a better putter. Practice making solid contact with your putter. Put little uh, band-aids on your putter. Really work on the things that will help you in the spring. Work on them now. For 2020 is upon us. The season is here. <sighs> okay, I'm going to give you my pick. My pick of the year, 2020, number one. Okay. And I said this about this guy. I said the opposite about this guy not too long ago, a couple years ago. And uh, I think we're going to see a turn. A few years ago, I said this guy's going to kind of fall away. And it, he did, sadly. But I, you can see it. And once I tell you why, you'll be like, yeah, that made sense. Uh, and that is because this guy was getting married. That's Jordan Spieth. And I said, look, when you get married, your life changes for the good, okay? Uh, but a lot of things happen. You got a lot of stuff to deal with. You got a whole new, you know, you, you're, you're no longer you, you're you and your wife. You're that's the one person now. So you've got to, it takes a while to figure out. You got to work out kind of life again. So he kind of disappeared. Didn't do so hot. It, they said it was technical putter, this alignment, whatever it wasn't is was mental. Uh, so I think he's back though. I think Jordan's going to win some major. He might win two majors again this year, 2020. That's my pick. That's my pick of the year. I think he's going to shine through. I think he's going to steal the Masters. And I wouldn't be surprised if you uh, grab the PGA or the U.S. Open again. So my pick for 2020, top star of the year, Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth is my pick. I said it right here, right now. I said it in September of 2019, next year or this, this season, Jordan Spieth is my pick. Uh, all right, last question of the day. We'll wrap it up. Where do I start when I've lost all of my game other than putting? Mark, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where do I start? I'll tell you where you start. Well, you, you said it. You start putting. You got putting, okay? Then go to chipping. Just start over. Just chip, chip. And what you want to do is you want to find out. You didn't lose all your game. There's something going on somewhere in your game. You got to find out where that piece is. So, Mark, start putting. Then while you're at the putting green, just roll a couple balls right off into the rough and chip them short as possible. Start there. Like, okay, is it there? Is it there? Or is it the longer the swing gets, where does the problem show up? You got to find out that. But typically, Mark, it is mental stuff. It is mental stuff that will mess you up more than anything else. So when I, let's say I'm on course and I've lost it. I, I mean, there's times like I can't feel anything. It's all gone. I'm a mess. What do I do? Okay. So what I do is I stop everything. And instead of throwing my clubs in the river, what I do 
is I start playing shots. I'm like, okay, I got a straight shot, seven iron, 165 yards. Pins right in the middle of the green. Typically, I just line up straight at and hit my normal shot, but nothing's working today. So what do I do? I'm going to play a 15-yard draw. I'm going to hit an eight iron, really hook this guy in there. Okay, do that. Next hole, whatever, 120 yards. Okay, uh, that's my little pitching wedge. I'm going to go eight iron. I'm going to hit this little low knockdown. Just try to land it short, let it run up. Okay, next 200. Um, uh, I'm going to play a super giant fade with my hybrid. Like, I'm constantly just doing different things on course, making up shots as I go, because that's the kind of thing, Mark, that will get things back in place. Just had my right knee replaced too. Man, that's too bad. Okay, Mark, you got to read the book, Pain-Free by Peter Agoske. Pain-Free, Peter Agoske. Uh, maybe you did. I just read, I mean, okay. Now, sadly, you had your knee replaced. That's a bummer. Uh, but what happened to your knee? In, 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 in the book, it talks about uh, the reason your knee was messed up is because your muscles made it messed up. So you're, you're doing something there. Your muscles, you just need to get your muscles in the right shape. So obviously the knee replacement, get your knee replaced, so you got to deal with that. But still, don't keep doing the same thing. Just because you got a new knee doesn't mean you're going to move different. Like your muscles are still going to do the same thing. It just has a new knee. It's going to put the same amount of torque and pressure on that on that fake knee as it did on the real knee. It's just not going to hurt, which is good. It's not going to hurt. But what's going to happen is you're still off. Your, your, your joints are still off. You're still out of alignment, out of sync. Your muscles aren't performing the way. So get the book, Peter Agoske, Pain-Free. It, it'll go it, – I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. And just check it out. It helps you kind of get your muscles working properly. That might be the problem is your muscles are forcing your game to not be able to do what it needs to do to, to perform. So then, no wonder you lost everything because you can't, you can't swing because your muscles like no, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not lined up to do that because you get off track somewhere. So check it out. It's my, uh, it's my advice. I don't get anything for that, but, uh, but, but give it a go. So hope that helps, my man. Good stuff, man. I hate hearing people with injuries. My back is just starting to get better. I will. Uh, uh, oh man, this guy Jose just had two back surgeries. Yeah. Um, I'm dealing with back. I'm just man, but I'll tell you what. Uh, maybe next time I'll tell everybody what I, what I've been doing to get my back better. Uh, it might blow your mind, it might gross you out, but it's working. So I'm I'm almost back and I can swing. I'm just scared to go all out right now, but uh, it's coming. It's coming soon. So here we go. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being part of the channel. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. Hit that bell, like, whatever you do, do links, everything. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in again. Can't say it enough. Having a great time doing this. And uh, we'll see you in the next, uh, next podcast. Mr. Shorty, say my game.